0: From the studio in Sun City, Arizona Boomer Radio presents Wealth DNA with Ron, the Ronald Naraki. Wealth DNA gives you insights and methods for increasing your net worth. Ron's experience dealing with local and international markets give him insights that can be valuable to any investor. Now, here's the host of the show, Ron Naraki. And
1: welcome to the Wealth DNA Radio Show. We're honored that you're joining us today. I think the majority of daylight savings time changes are behind us now, so we won't have to deal with that confusion again until October. Unless, of course, they change it to September. Today we're continuing our series of shows focused on retirement-related topics, and for listeners eligible for U.S. Social Security benefits, this show is scheduled on a perfect date. Not only because many listeners will have to take some action by April 30th to take advantage of an expiring filing strategy, but also because of the date. April 11th is also written 411, at least in the U.S., and for decades, 411 or 411 has the number for calling information or directory assistance to get a local telephone number, confirm an address. Now, I realize our listeners in Europe are scratching their heads since April 11th for them is written 114, and don't have a universal number for information or directory assistance. If anything, 114 might be an emergency number in some of the countries, and in other countries that emergency number might be 112 or 119, just as well as 114. So much for consistency. Now, you might be wondering what this digression has to do with our show today. Well, as we dig into our topic of Social Security changes, it should become obvious Since our guest is one of the top experts in this country, if you need information on Social Security or other retirement-related topics, for listeners in other parts of the world, the specific details of Social Security rules may not apply to you, but certainly the principles and considerations to maximize your retirement benefits will be the same. Now, very few of us can control the amount we pay into our national retirement system, whether Social Security or any, any other, but... As long as we live long enough to collect those benefits, we have a lot of control over the amount we'll collect over a lifetime. During our last show, I mentioned you probably don't know your exact longevity since you don't have an expiration date stamped on the bottom of your foot, but you do have a lot of knowledge about the factors that influence longevity. And by the way, if you do find an expiration date on the bottom of your foot, please let me know. We'll want you on as a guest during this series. Now, while I'm on that topic, I'll remind you we're also still looking for a successful entrepreneur who was inspired and is a millionaire by watching TV. If you know such a person, we'd love to hear from you, or them, we'll invite them as a guest on an upcoming show. And by the way, successful entrepreneurs inspired while listening to the Wealth DNA radio show need not apply. That certainly is a very long list of people. Whether you're on the U.S. West Coast or in Arizona where I am, you're sipping a cup of coffee, the U.S. East Coast and it's your lunchtime in Europe, you just ended your workday, you're somewhere in between or you're listening to the archive of the show, I know you'll be glad you joined us for this hour. If you're listening to the archive in May of 2016 or later, you may regret not listening to the live show. Now on the Wealth DNA Radio Show, we focus on the fundamentals of investing and providing great ideas for building and protecting your wealth. Today is no exception. I'd like to start each show by sharing a quote to set the tone for, today's sh- for the show's topic. So today's quote is, The changes in this legislation will allow Social Security to age as gracefully as all of us hope to do ourselves, without becoming an overwhelming burden on generations still to come. Let me repeat that quote, and again, very appropriate for today's topic. The changes in this legislation will allow Social Security to age as gracefully as all of us hope to do ourselves, without becoming an overwhelming burden on generations still to come. But let me tell you, this quote is not recent. It's from April of 1982 from President Ronald Reagan. Today we'll find out if the recent changes are as beneficial for our children and grandchildren as those signed by President Ronald Reagan. Today is Monday, April 14th, as I mentioned, 2016. It is 9.04 a.m. in Arizona and the U.S. West Coast. <clears throat> during the summer, as you know, they we're on the same time zone as the West Coast. It's the only day ever like it, so we'll do everything possible to make it a great one. You're listening to the Wealthy Radio Show. I'm your host, Ron Naraki. The show airs every second and fourth Monday at 9 a.m. In Arizona. If you didn't receive a reminder of the show, well, let's try that again. If you didn't receive a reminder of the show, you should con- connect with us on Twitter or Facebook, where we post reminders. Just connect with the Ronald, all one word, no no space in between. We'd like to thank our sponsor today, Bi Solutions Corp, a residential real estate fund in the Phoenix Scotts, Scottsdale area for helping us put together and share this information with you. Now, I certainly hope you join us each time we air, but if you miss a show, you can find them in the archive. Just go to www.wealthdna.us, where we list each of the shows, both upcoming and archive. Now, we welcome your comments and questions during the show. I recommend using the chat window below the radio player, and I do have that up, and I am keeping an eye on it here. Um, actually, I'm going to refresh that because I'm not seeing it quite right. But anyway, there is a chat window, yep, sure enough, below the radio player, and that I recommend that for uh, comments and questions just because we have a lot to cover with our guests today. And um, the, if you do want to call in, by the way, there is a call-in number, and that is 917-388-4162, which is also shown at the top of the Internet screen. Now, that number is used for listening to the show, but if you want to be connected Also, dial a one after you're online. Now, since our last show, the U.S. equity markets are up a smidgen. That's a technical term. Today, the U.S. market's off to a positive but slipping start. Asia was mixed. Europe, which just closed, was up slightly, and Brazil up. Oil, by the way, as well as precious metals, are also up today. That's been driving the market lately. Our guest today to discuss Social Security changes is Mary Beth Franklin, CFP, award-winning journalist, contributing editor of Investment News. She's a frequent public speaker, a frequent guest on radio and TV program programs, writes a weekly column and blogs on the exact topics we'd like to cover today. Mary Beth is the author of Maximizing Your Client's Social Security retirement benefits. It's an ebook you'll want to take advantage of. Her experience includes serving as the tax and retirement editor of Kiplinger's uh, Personal Finance Magazine and the Retirement Planning Guide, as well as congressional reporter for United Press International, which we all know as UPI. Let's give a warm radio welcome to Mary Beth Franklin. Welcome Mary Beth, and thank you for joining us today.
2: Well, thanks for inviting me on, Ron. I appreciate it. This is a very important topic.
1: Oh, it sure is. But before we dig in, I gave a brief overview of your background. How do you introduce yourself at a cocktail party?
2: As the social security guru, I have made it my life's work for past seven years or so to focus on this very important piece of the retirement income puzzle to which most Americans are entitled to uh, retirement income benefit. They've spent most of their working lives paying into this system and paying a lot of money into this system. And I think it's their right and responsibility to maximize their benefits in deciding how and when to collect them.
1: And with that introduction, I suspect you never spend a, a cocktail party alone. You probably oh, get a never. lot of questions. <laughs> 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 and we will, we will try to take advantage of your time here today. Now, you do a lot of speaking engagements on Social Security and financial planning. As the contributing editor, though, I assume that Investment News doesn't pay those costs. So if a group would like to invite you to a, do a presentation or seminar, they'd have to pay for your time and travel, Correct.
2: That's correct, and I am on the road almost every week because it's a very popular topic.
1: No, I know it, and boy, we're glad to have you on because uh, it's your schedule obviously is pretty full and you're all over the country at all different times. So, Now, I've uh, never had the time to or patience to count up how many different filing strategies there are for Social Security, but I've heard or at least read that there are over 500 for married couples, and I assume there are fewer for people who are single. Is there any truth to that number?
2: Well, if you slice and dice it based on the specific age of various uh, uh, spouses, the different months Mm -hmm. between age 62 when they can claim as soon as possible or age 70 when they could get their maximum benefits, I have heard over 500. I think that makes it much too complicated. There's essentially two creative claiming strategies to maximize your benefit, and unfortunately they're disappearing.
1: And that's exactly why you have on, have you on the show. But regardless of that exact number, would it be fair to say that very few people people could pick the absolute best strategy for them without some help from an expert?
2: It helps to have someone who knows what they're talking about. There are various software programs available on the Internet where you can plug in your birth date and your full retirement benefit amount for you and your spouse if you're married. Okay. And for a modest fee, they can help you with, Um, the optimum strategy to maximize your benefits over your lifetime. But as you mentioned earlier, none of us know what our expiration date is. (laughs) And if you live to average life expectancy, which is roughly 85 for most Mm -hmm. men and women in the U.S., um, it doesn't really matter whether you claim benefits early at 62 or at your full retirement age at 66. But if you live longer than average, which approximately Mm -hmm. half of all Americans will live longer than average, then you would have been better off waiting. I like to hedge my bets and say for a married couple, it makes sense for one spouse to delay as long as possible up until age 70. And having said that, maybe the other spouse might even want to collect early. It's that idea of bringing cash flow into the household for as long as possible and still maximizing one of the benefits.
1: All right. Now, given given that kind of complexity and you know the age uh, options, we do want to probably test out a few of my I assume a call to Social Security Administration wouldn't help me narrow down those options to, let's say, the best two or three for, for myself and my spouse.
2: Social Security is not in the business of giving you advice. They will tell okay. you what your benefits are at various ages, 62, 66, mm-hmm. 70. Um, They may recommend you take it as soon as possible, as they often do, but that's not necessarily the best strategy for you. So I think calling the Social Security hotline is a bit like calling the IRS hotline. You might get lucky and get a great answer, or you might not.
1: Yeah, and actually I, I, I've had pretty good experience with um, with the IRS. I have not been dealing with the Social Security Administration, so I have no clue. But I couldn't imagine that they would even want to help you make the right decisions. I think they're they're probably there to also uh, fill you in on specific rules if they're not clear. I assume that would be the other role they play.
2: That's correct. Unfortunately, because of these changing rules, which are <laughs> the result of legislation that was passed last fall, there is a lot of confusion among the public, among financial advisors, and, unfortunately, among some of the Social Security officers themselves. I hear horror stories every single week of people who are going into their local Social Security office to take advantage of one of these strategies and Mm -hmm. either are being told they can't do it when they clearly can or, worse, Mm -hmm. being told they can do it when, based on their birth date, they can't. So there's a lot of bad information out there, and I am trying my best to help people know what the rules are and whether they can take advantage of them based on their age.
1: Now, I'm confident in 45 minutes our listeners will not be among those that get uh, confusing answers. So, uh, But before we dig into the specifics, share with our listeners how they'd contact you or, more importantly, access some of the great articles you write uh, when you're in their area and uh, how they'd learn more about Social Security and retirement planning based on the work you do.
2: Well, probably the easiest way to find me is just to Google my name, Mary mm-hmm. Beth Franklin. If you want to be a little more ambitious, go to investmentnews.com. And, again, put my name in the search box. You'll find five years' worth of archived articles on Social Security and retirement income strategies. Although I now write for a professional financial advisor audience, I have been told I write in a way that is very clear and understandable to the average consumer. It's also a free website. You have to register with your email address to get access to it but the information Mm -hmm. is free and i would encourage anyone to pick up a copy of my ebook which you can download and print out it's like Mm -hmm. the cliff notes of social security and you get that at investmentnews.com slash mbfebook that's my initials Initials. ebook. Mm
1: Perfect. Yeah. As a matter of fact, that's one of the reasons I wanted to make sure that they knew that website is, uh, and I'll mention that also later in the show. Uh, so investmentnews.com, uh, not .info, because for some reason I kept thinking it should be .info, and then slash mbf ebook. Um, Now, I'd like to start with the number one issue on on many of our listeners' minds and kind of at least uh, some of the overview questions here at the beginning. Uh, Since Halloween, when the U.S. government changed these uh, tax laws, uh, the question that's been kind of uh, hanging out there in people's minds is, what do I need to do and what's the deadline? Now, I've heard some ads by advisors. They can help me get up to $64,000 in additional Social Security benefits by acting fast. Is there any validity? that kind of a claim?
2: Well, the fact is, particularly for married couples, if they coordinate their claiming strategies and live to average life expectancy or longer, the, uh, the right strategies for both of them could increase their lifetime benefits by $100,000 or more. And wow. the reason I say that is within a married couple, you probably have at least one spouse who is entitled to Social Security benefits on their own Mm -hmm. earnings record. You might have both spouses with their own retirement benefit. The fact that they're married to each other, there is a spousal benefit that often goes to waste if you don't know how to claim it. And when Mm -hmm. one spouse dies, there is a survivor benefit for the remaining spouse. So theoretically, there are four different Social Security benefits for one married couple. So yes, Mm -hmm. if you're smart about how you claim it, it can truly mean And increasing your lifetime benefits of $100,000 or more.
1: Wow. Okay. So those are those are pretty good, pretty big numbers. I assume the average person isn't eligible for that large of a number, but but at least we're talking significant numbers. This is not a $500 difference, and uh, therefore acting quickly for those that are eligible uh, is going to be well worthwhile. Now, put it this way: if
2: your financial advisor is hoping to Increase the return on your investment portfolio by two or three or four percentage points. That Mm -hmm. pales in comparison to your lifetime income under Social Security because it lasts as long as you do, and it's one of the few sources of retirement income that's adjusted for inflation.
1: That's a very good point. So the more you get at the beginning, the more that goes up by inflation. I, I hadn't even thought about that aspect. So uh, already there's an important tip to most of our listeners to make sure they do this right. So uh, getting that ebook may be a very good starting point for a lot of people, uh, unless, of course, uh, they need to call by uh, <laughs> April uh, 29th or whatever the uh, Friday is before the end of the month. But we'll get to that shortly. Now, if someone or their spouse is already drawing Social Security benefits, will these changes affect them?
2: Uh, it depends uh, In okay, most cases, no If you are already drawing Social Security benefits This is probably not going to affect you at all mm-hmm. Except okay. Under current law mm-hmm. If you reach what The full retirement age Which is currently 66 And that applies okay. to anybody who's born From 1943 through 1954 You have mm-hmm. this option That you could suspend your benefits, generally it means you would not collect anything during the suspension, but for each year you postpone collecting your Social Security benefits beyond 66 up until age 70, you can earn an extra 8% per year. So that means your benefits could increase by 32% over four years. Now here's the tricky part. If you are at least 66 years old by the end of this month, April 2016, Mm -hmm and you suspend your benefits by the new April 29 deadline, eligible family members like a dependent spouse or dependent minor child can still collect on your record even if you suspend your benefits. If you wait one day past the deadline, if you suspend your benefits at April 30th or later, no one can collect benefits on your record during the suspension. So that's the first big important deadline, April 29, 2016. If you are 66 or older, by the end of April, you can still file and suspend your benefits under existing rules, which lets an eligible family member collect on your record. If you miss the deadline, you can still suspend your benefits so your benefits continue to grow up Mm -hmm. until age 70, but nobody can collect on your record during the suspension.
1: Wow. Okay. So there's a, there's already a very important tip. Anybody that's already filing, uh, listen very carefully. If you missed any of that or you're not 100% sure, you'll be able to go back to the archive after the show. Now, if, if someone is single, on the other hand, will any of these expiring strategies affect them?
2: Yes. Actually, it's a very important change for single people. Okay. The other thing I didn't mention, I I call 66 the magic age because you have to wait till 66 in order to Mm -hmm. do anything fancy, like file and suspend. Now, as you know, if you're single um, and you die, there's no one to collect a survivor benefit. You don't only a surviving spouse gets a benefit. You don't have Mm -hmm. a spouse, no one gets survivor benefits. And you're single, so if someone else dies, you're not getting a survivor benefit because you're not married. However, if you are 66 or older by the end of April and you file and suspend your benefits under existing rules, there's this really special advantage to single people. You can change your mind any time between 66 and 70 and say to the Social Security Administration, you know what, I changed my mind, I filed and suspended my benefits two years ago, please pay me all of my suspended benefits in a lump sum instead of giving me that extra 8% a year. Maybe I want to take a world cruise and I want two years' worth of benefits. Maybe I've gotten a terminal medical diagnosis. Now I'm no longer worried to live a really long time. Boy, that chunk of two years' worth of benefits would really come in handy. If I file and suspend after April 29th, that lump sum payout option goes away. So it's a very important um, benefit for single people who can file and suspend by April 29th. They retain the right to claim claim suspended benefits in a lump sum instead of getting the extra 8% a year. Now, anybody can do this. You can do it if you're married too, but you could see how very valuable it would be for a single person.
1: Okay. Let me remind our listeners you're tuned to the Wealth DNA Radio Show. I'm your host, Ron Naraki, and I look forward to you joining us every second and fourth Monday. If you miss some prior shows like the ones in our series related to retirement planning, if you want to re-listen to them, maintain an archive of shows on WealthDNA.us. If you'd like to get an email reminder of the shows, just send an email to me, Ron, at WealthDNA.us. We'll keep you posted posted about future shows and events or you can follow the ronald all one word no spaces on twitter or facebook we'd like to thank our sponsor today bi solutions corp a residential real estate fund the Phoenix scottsdale area for helping us put together and share this information with you now during the radio show we welcome you our listeners and i have been listening so much to our guest that i have not been paying attention to the window but i will get to those questions here shortly um Here's that chat window. You can put in your questions or comments. You can also call in 917-388-4162, and then afterwards you'll have to dial 1 to reach our producer. Our topic today is Social Security Changes, which we're discussing with Mary Beth Franklin, CFP, award-winning journalist, contributing editor of Investment News. She's a frequent public speaker, frequent guest on radio and TV programs on the exact topics we're covering today. Mary Beth, you mentioned... uh, um, these these filing strategies, and I understand there are a couple of them that are expiring. Let's take the first one, which you had, you had talked about in, in these couple age categories, um, the file and spend, suspend. Why don't you explain that 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 strategy to us, and then give us a little bit of detail about uh, what people need to do if they are eligible?
2: Okay. To start with, you must be at least 66 to use this strategy. I call 66 the magic age. If you are 66 by the end of April, you can file and suspend by April 29th. What that means is, I'm filing for my own Social Security benefit by I'm essentially saying, don't pay me. Now, why would I want to do that? Um, my own benefits will continue to increase by 8% a year, up until age 70. So, in theory, I can boost my full retirement age amount by up to 32%. That's huge. In the meantime, because I have filed and suspended my benefits, it now triggers a benefit for an eligible family member. Now, in most cases, that's going to be a spouse. A spouse must be at least 62 years old to collect a retirement benefit. If I have a minor dependent child in my household, and that's someone who is under age 18 or under 19 if they're still in high school, and I Mm -hmm. file and suspend my benefit, I can trigger a dependent benefit for my minor minor child. A dependent benefit is worth half of my full retirement age benefit. For example, my full retirement age benefit at 66 is $2,000 a month. I Mm -hmm. file and suspend. I get nothing. It's going to keep growing by 8% a year. So when I collect it at 70, it's now going to be worth $2,640 a month. But in the meantime, I have triggered a benefit for my wife. If she's 66, that's half of my benefit, $1,000 a month. If she's younger than that, it's worth less. If I have a minor dependent child, I have triggered a benefit for that child, which is worth half of my benefit, $1,000 a month. Mm -hmm. I jokingly call this the Viagra College Fund. If you have a minor (laughs) dependent child... And you trigger a benefit for that kid and put that money in a 529 plan every month mm-hmm. until that child turns 18. You have now just paid for a Harvard education.
1: Wow, now, that is that is a, a good point. But so the so the, the good news is this option is there, and the bad news is that if somebody is eligible today, they have to uh, trigger it or, or, or you know basically take advantage of it by April 29th this year. Correct.
2: Correct, and I'll tell you there are long lines in a lot of local Social Security offices. Ah, good point. Uh, So
1: this one
2: option is call and make an appointment, and Mm -hmm. verify that even if you come into the office after 29th, the fact that you have called and requested an appointment should grandfather you under the existing law. But you want to verify that. I'm hearing different. Feedback from different offices. I think the way to get around this, and I know this scares people, but Mm -hmm. file for your benefits online. It's simple, Mm -hmm. it's quick, and the best part is someone from Social Security is going to call you within a few days to verify everything on the application before they process it. So essentially, you go to the front of the line by filing for your benefits online. However, you have to know the secret handshake, and now I'm going to tell you what that is. Okay. No place on the online application will you see the words file and suspend. Mm -hmm. You have to file for your online benefits just as if you're applying right away for Social Security. But on the last screenshot, on the last page of that application, Mm -hmm. is a remarks box. doesn't tell you what to do, but if you Mm -hmm. write in that remarks box, I want to suspend my benefits. When someone from Social Security calls you in the next few days, you will verify I am filing for my benefits, but I want to suspend them so I can either trigger benefits for my spouse, my minor dependent child, or perhaps because I want to retain this right to change my mind at a later date and request a lump sum payout of suspended benefits. But if I get a lump sum, that's instead of getting the extra eight percent a year.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay, and there, so there, are, there, are, boy, there are a lot of different options out there, and a lot of little little nuances to know on that. But okay, very very important point. And I think online is going to be the only only alternative for most places, unless they live in some small town that happens to have an administration office. Not a lot of people, uh, which I don't think happens. So uh, that that is a um, you know, and obviously trying to get you on the show earlier would be even more you know was was difficult. So we're glad to get John these these 20 days before uh, the deadline. So it is big help. But Okay, online sounds like the way to go. Uh, the one thing I just wanted to add, I guess I don't want people to start thinking that they need to call their divorced spouse to go do something uh, to affect their ability to take uh, benefits on that um, former divorced uh, spouse's uh, record. This only applies to current spouses and current families, correct?
2: Well, no, actually. If okay. you were married at least 10 years, you were mm-hmm, divorced. Sure and you're currently single, even if Mm -hmm. your ex has remarried. Right. There are a variety of strategies you can use to maximize your benefit. Now, when this law was passed back in the fall and they talked about the new file and suspend rules, would, if you filed and suspended after the April 29th deadline, then no one could collect on your record. There was great concern about What would happen to divorced spouses? In other words, Mm -hmm. could one spouse block the other ex from collecting benefits? And uh, the Social Security Administration has clarified that divorced spouses would not be negatively impacted by this. Even if one ex-spouse filed and suspended for some reason, it would not affect the other ex-spouse. When we get into talking about the other strategy, which mm-hmm. is to claim only spousal benefits. I'll talk about how certain divorced spouses can take advantage of that.
1: Okay. All right. Very, very uh, good, clear. And um, the the other thing is, uh, are, are the deadlines this April 29th applying to both strategies, or are the deadlines different?
2: Oh, the deadlines are different. Government doesn't make anything easy. So the first important thing to say is the April 29th 26 deadline only applies to people who want to file and suspend their benefits and to do so they must be at least 66 years old in order to file and suspend by April 29th the mm-hmm. other strategy that changing affects a different group of people and has a different deadline
1: okay so so the deadlines different but it's going to still be 66 it'll still be the same age right
2: well, almost. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: a loaded question. We're dealing with a government change. Okay, so why don't we jump into that and tell us a little bit about this other uh, strategy that's expiring. That's the key point. So, again, here's one that, that is going away along with the file and suspend. Uh, tell us a little bit about that strategy, and obviously we have different age and a different, uh, different deadline.
2: Right. Now, this other strategy, you also must be the magic age of 66, to use it, but we have a much longer expiration date on this. We have four years to take advantage of this. So anyone who was born in January 1954 or earlier can still take advantage of this other strategy, which is called filing a restricted claim for spousal benefits. Let me give you an example. Say my husband has already claimed Social Security benefits and I am now the magic age of 66. Mm -hmm. When I reach that magic age of 66, let's say I'm a working woman, I have my own retirement benefit, and there's also this spousal benefit, which is worth half of his full retirement age amount. In most cases, if I just file for Social Security without any instructions, they're going to pay me the highest benefit to which I'm entitled at that age. And in many cases, my own retirement benefit is going to be bigger than the spousal benefit, and that spousal benefit is going to go to waste. But if I'm really smart and I'm the right age, when I get to the magic age of 66, I can say I want to claim spousal benefits only. In other words, give Mm me half of my husband's retirement amount for the next four years, In the meantime, my own retirement benefit is going to keep growing by 8% a year up until age 70, and then at 70 I'm going to switch to my own larger benefit. So this allows me to take a smaller benefit now, get some cash flow into the household while my own benefit keeps growing up until age 70, and then I'm going to switch. This is a really valuable strategy for both currently married couples and for divorced spouses who were married at least 10 years, are divorced, and currently single. If you are married at least 10 years, divorced, and currently single, you can collect Social Security just as if you were still married to that person. So that's what the strategy is. Now here's the expiration date. Okay. In order to be able to use this very valuable strategy of claiming mm-hmm. only spousal benefits, You had to turn 62 by January 1st of this year. You had to be 62 or older by January 1st of this year. If you meet that cutoff, when you turn 66, you don't have to do anything in between. When you turn 66, you can claim spousal benefits only. If you're younger like me, who missed the cutoff by one year, you will never have this option. Whenever you file for benefits in the future, you will be paid the largest benefit to which you're entitled at that current age, but you mm-hmm. won't be able to choose which benefit to claim. This is okay. a great loss for married couples and a really big loss for divorced spouses. where this, ah, this case,
1: is one. Yeah. Yeah,
2: ah. say you've got divorced late in life, your finances are in a shambles, this would have allowed you to collect only spousal benefits for four years and at 70 switch to your own bigger benefit. Well, as long as you're at least 62 by January 1st, you can still do this when you turn 66. If you're younger, poof, that claiming strategy goes away.
1: Wow. Wow. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attack this a little bit differently. we am going to slice it a little differently just to make sure, in case, in case we've got one or two listeners out there with their jaw hanging down going, oh my God, I don't know if I understand this stuff. Let's start with the easy one. If somebody is 61 or younger like me, Uh, on January 1st of 2016, so they weren't old enough to qualify for uh, either of these. They don't need to do anything. Both of these options are gone for them and for me forever.
2: Correct. That does not mean that deciding when to collect Social Security benefits won't still be an important decision. Perhaps it will be even more important, but you won't be able to do anything fancy.
1: Okay, and when I said that, I guess I should have been even more accurate. So let me add a second piece to that uh, question, which would be if either, uh, if both I and my spouse are not of those ages, because otherwise, if my spouse is, we may still have some uh, is at least sixty-two or at least sixty-six. Then there would be so it's either one if both of us are below that those cutoff age January for sixty-two and. Um, uh, April 30th or April 29th, I guess, well, April 30th, I guess, for uh, the 66, then these are gone for us um, uh, forever. Correct. All right. All right. Now, if somebody's between 62 and 66 and they're not eligible for, for full Social Security benefits yet, they don't need to do anything. So it sounds like, I, you know, at that point, since they're not eligible to take advantage of the file and suspend, they don't need to do anything. But they have more choices available than younger folks uh, because they still will be able to do this restricted application, correct?
2: Right. And in fact, let me give you an example from my own Good. household. Um uh, Before... This rule changed. My husband mm-hmm. is two years older than I am, so he just turned 64, and I will turn 62 at the end of this year. So okay, I Okay, so you're out, right
1: in this gap, sure.
2: Right. I, I lose out on everything, um, mm-hmm. but my husband still has an option. Now, prior to the change, what I would have done to maximize our benefits is mm-hmm. I would have had my husband file and suspend when he turned 66, get nothing, mm-hmm. But trigger a benefit for me, and when mm-hmm. I turned 66, I would claim only spousal benefits, and at 70, we both would have switched to our maximum benefits. Unfortunately, we can't do this anymore, and the fact that yeah. my face is on a dartboard at the Social Security Administration, I said to my husband, <laughs> This is personal, you know? <laughs> but, so w- what's, our, that what's way. our plan B? <laughs> I said, Hey, the tax audit can't be far behind, so steal yourself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I can't do anything fancy, but my husband is in that, that uh, in between world.
1: Right. He is 54.
2: Mm-hmm. So when he turns 66, he will still be able to claim only spousal benefits. Aha, here's the catch. He can't get a spousal benefit until I do something. I would actually have to claim my benefits, and then if he was 66 or older, he could claim only spousal benefits and switch to his own at 70. But I'm two years younger, so he's going to have to Mm -hmm. wait a bit. I probably will claim at 66. At that point, it's the magic age. Um, I can continue to work uh, without any reduction to my Social Security benefits because the earning cap goes Mm -hmm. away. But at that point, he would be 68. He could claim only spousal benefits for two years and at 70 switch to his maximum benefit. Now, here's another Mm -hmm. important point. Even if you do absolutely nothing, your okay. benefits will automatically grow by 8% a year between 66 and 70. Good point. But in this case, when he hits 68 and I'm 66, he could mm-hmm. at least claim spousal benefits for two years while right. his own benefit keeps growing.
1: Correct. Correct. Okay. And I guess it could, uh, if you, we're uh, getting a little bit of detail, here, but I guess it's an important question. So let's take your example. When he turns 66, if you filed for benefits early at 64, it would be a little bit better than doing it at 62. Would he be eligible? That only applies if you apply at full, a full age.
2: No, no. If I claimed my benefits at 64, that's perfectly mm-hmm. fine. He okay. would be 66 at that point. He could claim only spousal benefits, but okay. probably wouldn't work for me because what most people don't realize is if you claim any kind of Social Security benefits before your full retirement age and you continue to work, ah, you have earnings you from a job, your Social Security benefits are going to be reduced or wiped out if you earn too much money, which, by the way, right. is 15000 $720 a year <laughs> not
1: a lot so Not a lot. Yeah. It
2: probably wouldn't make sense for me to claim early because it, my earnings would wipe out all my benefits and if he was collecting benefits on my record it would wipe out his too so for me it would make sense to wait until the magic age of 66 when the earnings cap goes away when I could claim my full benefits and then my husband who would be a little older could claim only spousal benefits mm-hmm. and switch to his own at 70
1: Okay, but well, here, you there really a need example. to
2: buy that book.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, exactly. Well, see, there was exactly what is, my comment was going to be. There is, there is a nuance. It's not a small nuance. It's a major one, which is because you file before the full age, you now have certain restrictions. So uh, you need to know those before. So in your case, you've got that decision at his age of 66 or 68. Uh, it sounds like the logic one, unless, of course, lifespan was an issue here or something changed, life, life event. Uh, but you have time to make that decision but you want to know those options ahead of time. So the e-book is absolutely what I was going to mention. So uh, perfect. I'm glad you mentioned it ahead of me.
2: And as I said, it's the cliff notes of Social Security. Even I don't want to read a book that's 300 pages on Social Security. This one's about 40 or 50. You can get through it, and the best part is you can turn to the page that says married couples or divorced spouses or single or widows, and it will tell you what to do.
1: Correct, so you don't have to go read 500 options uh, and the cliff notes on each of those. You're going to focus on those that apply to you. Okay. Before we continue, in case you just turned in, you're listening to the Wealth DNA Radio Show. I'm your host, Ron Naraki. You can listen to the earlier portion on the archive. Or if you missed prior shows, you can find them in the archives, which is www. WealthDNA.us. Our guest today is Mary Beth Franklin, CFP, award-winning journalist, contributing editor of Investment News, and the absolute guru on Social Security, and our topic is Social Security Changes. Uh, Mary Beth is also the author of a book we just mentioned, Maximizing Your Client Social Security Retirement Benefits. It's an ebook you can take advantage of, and we will make sure you have that uh, website again. Although well, We did mention it once earlier. We will mention it again. Um, All right, I still have a few more on the Social Security, I'd love to spend a little time also on other kind of integrating our retirement planning. But The first I heard about this, what was termed aggressive Social Security filing strategies, was back in 2014. President Obama said they were benefiting wealthy individuals. Now, is it only wealthy wealthy people will be impacted? It sounds to me, from what you're saying, kind of affects everybody.
2: It really does affect everyone, but with the caveat. Um, In order for you to take advantage of a strategy that might involve delaying your benefits until they're worth Mm -hmm. more later, you probably need either other income, like if you continue to work, or other assets, such as drawing down a retirement account, for you to afford to delay. And that's why it's very helpful for married couples where – one might take benefits early and one might mm-hmm. delay, so they've got some cash flow coming into the household. I would argue for middle-income people, this is certainly more valuable for right. than someone who's very wealthy, but it doesn't mean they don't care. I do a lot of consultation, and I was consulting with a gentleman last week about his Social Security claiming strategy, and he sent me some documents that showed he made $13 million a year, and he oh. was concerned about his Social Security claiming strategy. <laughs>
1: hey, the so, reason think, he makes that money is he, think, he thinks about things like that.
2: Right. So it's of interest to everyone, but I do tell people um, it's a bit like the lottery. You must be present to win. So <laughs> if you, you know, have health issues, you maybe don't want to delay. Um, if you really need the money – maybe you can't afford to delay but let me give you an example of um maybe claiming early because you have to maybe you lost your Mm -hmm. job at 62 and you need the money and you collect reduced benefits early and then something happens maybe get another job at 66 that magic age you could get a do-over you could say now that i'm at this magic age of 66 even though I collected reduced benefits early, now I can suspend my benefits and start earning that 8% a year so that when I collect again at 70, it's going to be bigger. Not only is it going to be a bigger retirement benefit, but if I'm married and I die, I am now leaving my widow with a bigger survivor benefit because a survivor wow. benefit is worth 100% of what I was collecting or entitled to collect at time of death. If I collect a small benefit, my surviving spouse is going to get a small benefit. If I collect and get a bigger benefit, my survivor is going to get a bigger benefit. So that could be a great strategy. Now, here's where this April 29th deadline comes into play. No matter what happens, whether before or after the deadline, I'm always going to have this option if I'm 66 or or older to suspend my benefits in order to have them keep growing. The difference is if I suspend before the April 29th deadline and somebody's collecting on my record, they can keep collecting their benefits. If I right. suspend after the April 29th deadline and someone's There's collecting stops. on my record, their benefits will stop.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. I, again, with the exception of, I guess, a divorced. In that case, because they don't pay, pay attention to the growing portion for a divorce. So, but you know, as, as as we go through these, I start realizing where these 500 come in. I mean, it's just an mm-hmm. unbelievable number of different paths, kind of decision paths throughout your uh, your your you know preparing for retirement. Let's talk right, about so
2: divorce for a second, Could you just brought okay, up sure. an yeah, I mentioned I brought a couple
1: system. times. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And I, I when I go all over the country telling people about. Uh, these planning strategies, I always say divorce is my favorite part. And and this is strictly theoretical. I've been married to the same man as of this Friday for 38 years. Um, But I have two good girlfriends who were each married for nine and a half years. And apparently their divorce attorneys did not know that they had to be married for at least 10 years to be able to collect on their ex. Had they each been married six more months, they could collect on wow. your ex. As it is, they get squat. But here's an image. Let's say you have divorced um, ex-spouses. Mm-hmm. They're both 66 years old. Um, mm-hmm. I could just go ahead and file for Social Security benefits. Let's say I'm the, the ex-wife. I'm going to be paid the largest benefit to which I'm entitled unless I'm smart enough to say I'm the magic age of 66, I want to claim Uh, only spousal benefits, give me uh, half of my ex's full retirement age amount while my own benefit keeps growing up until age 70, and then I'm going to switch. Now, a couple good things here. He doesn't need to know. You can imagine some acrimonious um, breakups where one spouse might have said, and I'm never going to retire, and you're never going to get a dime of my Social Security benefits. Well, guess what? There's an exception for that because Congress knew some divorces are messy. So in addition to being married at least 10 years, divorced and currently single, if you have been divorced at least two years and each of you are at least 62 years old, you can collect on your ex's working record even if your ex has not collected benefits. You are independently entitled to benefits. So, sure, as an ex-spouse, I could collect at 62, but that might not be smart. They're going to pay Mm -hmm. me the highest benefit to which I'm entitled, either on my own record or as a spouse. It's going to be permanently reduced because I collected early, and I'm going to be subject to the earnings cap if I'm still working. But if I'm really smart and wait till the magic age of 66, I can say, give me half of his benefit while mine keeps growing. It doesn't take away from his benefit it doesn't take away from his new spouse's benefit if he has remarried, but I can collect on my ex for up to four years and switch to my own benefit at 70. But remember, this strategy has an expiration date. You okay. must have been at least 62 years old by January 1st of this year in order to claim only spousal benefits when you turn 66. You don't do anything until you turn 66, but at that point you could file a a restricted claim for spousal benefits only, and you can do that online. There is actually a box on the online form that says if you are entitled to your own retirement benefits and you're entitled to the benefits as a spouse and you're at least full retirement age, check this box if you want only spousal benefits. They make it easier online. Okay.
1: Okay. All right. That, that is that's good to know. But again, you might talk to somebody at Social Security that wouldn't wouldn't know that, or didn't pay much attention, or didn't think to ask. So you're better off in that case to do stuff online. All right. Now I, let's switch gears a little bit. In that uh, I, I'm one of those that uh, hundreds of millions will be disappointed that uh, we're missing out on both of these strategies. But is there a silver lining? Will the Social Security trust fund last longer as a result of this, which could potentially benefit me and maybe even my kids eventually?
2: Well. This has not cost the Social Security Trust Fund a lot to date because despite all these fancy strategies, less than 1% of eligible retirees have used them. But Social Security was very concerned with the aging of the baby boomers and Mm -hmm. the fact that these strategies were becoming more popular, that it was going to cost the trust fund a lot of money. So this was a a preemptive action to prevent a – Uh, an early draining of the trust funds. However, we still need, Congress still needs to take corrective action sometime between now and 2034 to fully fund the Social Security benefit for another 75 years. And it doesn't have to be huge changes. Um, For example, um, raising the taxable wage base right now, you pay FICA taxes, payroll taxes, on the first $118,500 of annual wages. Um, if you earn more than that, you're not paying taxes to fund Social Security. If you raise that level to about mm-hmm. $250,000, that would wipe out 75% of the long term uh, financial deficit for the Social Security system. But they never do anything in Washington just on the tax side or just on the benefit side. They have to make sure mm-hmm. everyone's equally unhappy. So the Republicans don't like it if you raise taxes. The Democrats don't like it if you cut benefits. So we'll do both. And maybe one of those benefits cuts is saying instead of waiting till 67 for your full retirement age, as people who are born in 1960 or later must do under current law, maybe we're going to raise it till 70. But that might be for today's 4-year-olds who are probably Mm -hmm, going mm -hmm. to live to 120, not going to be a big sacrifice for them. The key is the sooner they make a change, the easier it will be for Americans to adjust. And one example is the last time we had a major Social Security reform was 1983. That law passed more than 30 years ago is not yet fully implemented because part of that law changed Mm -hmm. the full retirement age to 67 for people born in 1960 or later, which means that part doesn't take effect until 2027. So the sooner Congress acts to fix these uh, financial problems for the long term, the easier it is to live with it.
1: You know, with your example, I started to realize they really are targeting you because you were changing that one percent that were taking advantage of the finances suspend by training and teaching and writing so much about this stuff that they uh, they wanted to cut it off at the worst possible time for you and your husband. Right. <laughs> there's, there's no doubt about it. <laughs> it's very, very clear. I didn't realize it was that small of a number that was taking advantage of it, and I guess that's kind of the behind the half-truth that uh, only the wealthy are taking advantage of it. Um, but the, the let me thing switch. is, a
2: lot of people were planning to take advantage of it, and this has really disrupted right. a lot of people's retirement plans.
1: Yeah, but we know why they were taking advantage of it, because they're learning from people like you. Uh, I'm going to switch gears totally. We don't have a lot of time, but I do want to get your uh, thoughts on this whole idea of marginal tax rates. So often we were trained and we thought uh, along the lines we we put our IRA away forever, you know, away and and, and not worry about touching that IRA money uh, until our tax rates are lower. But when we start taking Social Security benefits, and again, this majority of people that have, um, you know, taxable income at that point, uh, it can actually increase our marginal tax rate because of that Social Security and some of it being taxable. So postponing using those IRA funds until you're on, uh, you're drawing Social Security could actually be counterproductive, it seems to me.
2: Right. You know, stashing money in your traditional 401k and IRA is great while you're working because that money um, is not taxed. But you do have to pay the piper at some point, and uh, when you retire and you start taking money out of your traditional 401k or IRA, every penny is taxed at your ordinary income tax rate. Social Security, worst-case scenario, up to 85% of your Social Security benefits could be taxed at your ordinary income tax rate. Most people think they're going to be in a lower tax bracket when they retire, but frankly, that's not always true. Think of it this way. You've paid off the house. You don't have your mortgage interest deduction anymore. Your kids are grown and out of the house. You don't have those dependency exemptions anymore. And now everything that's coming out, you're also not saving in your 401K anymore. You lost that tax break. Um, and. you know, you're you're not paying payroll taxes anymore. So now you're drawing money out of your IRA, 401K, fully taxable, drawing down Social Security benefits up to 85% taxable, and you've lost a lot of your prior tax breaks. You could possibly be in the same or, in some cases, even higher tax bracket than you were before you retired. So I usually tell people you might want to start tapping that 401K, IRA, before age 70 and a half when you have to, as a Mm -hmm. way of maybe bringing some money in now that you can afford to delay Social Security benefits until they're worth the maximum amount at 70, particularly if you don't have a pension and you don't have any other source of guaranteed lifetime income.
1: And so basically, as I take money out of that IRA, it raises my taxable income, therefore potentially my tax rate. And when I'm drawing Social Security, especially if they're at the same time, that will have an impact, and therefore more of my Social Security becomes taxable, so I get this kind of double whammy uh, that I, I try to remind people, of, and I just wanted to make sure we covered that, that you, you know, leaving that IRA money until the very last minute isn't necessarily the right strategy, and therefore reading your book and when to draw Social Security At age 66 isn't the time to read it. You want to read it probably 10 years in advance, if not more.
2: At least four years. If you're 62 or older, you really need to read this book.
1: Okay. All right, but but some of these strategies of, of you know which money do I use um, again? If I can delay my Social Security, you've said it very very well; it continues to grow. But if I have IRA funds, maybe I draw on those oh, despite what I thought earlier. Uh, I draw on those in the meantime and wait, and therefore my Social Security grows. So I actually get my taxable income out of that that IRA while I'm not yet drawing Social Security, um, and and then I draw Social Security after I've gotten some of that money out of there. I mean, to me, a lot of these people are not thinking about these things because they start retirement planning at 65 or something like that or 66. Right.
2: I also encourage, particularly people who are still working, maybe in their mm-hmm. 50s, if you can get some of that money into tax-free Roth IRAs or Roth yes. 401Ks, you don't get the upfront tax break, but you're going to really enjoy it when it's tax-free in retirement. And also, as more and more people have access to a health savings accounts, in most states, it's a triple tax break. You get a tax deduction for contributing to a health savings account. It grows tax-free, and when the money comes out and you use it to pay for medical expenses, it's also tax-free. That, if you let that money roll over from year to year, um, that can serve as another source of tax-free income in retirement because we know people have a lot of health expenses in retirement, if you could be paying for those out-of-pocket health expenses with tax-free dollars, your overall uh, retirement income picture is going to look a lot rosier.
1: Boy, I'm glad you're reiterating some of the points. I try to remind people on this show very often, like the HSAs, you don't even need earned income to have them. Uh, And uh, also the uh, conversion to Roth IRA as soon as you can, whenever you have years where your tax rate's a little bit lower, do it. Uh, And if that then allows you to, uh, to postpone Uh, And especially if you need to draw a little bit, you do it then. If you can delay your Social Security, you've got this increase. And if, I guess we should reiterate, if somebody is now 66 and they're able to and they have not yet filed and suspended, they need to do it ASAP because we've only got 19 days or whatever left to get that done. Correct. And that is really one of our key points today. You know, there is so much more I'd love to talk to you about. Because I know you also specialize in this, in this integrating your your withdrawals along with Social Security. So it's not just not just Social Security aspect. I'd love to get your back on sometime in the future to uh, talk talk about those those aspects of kind of my overall retirement planning and integrating those aspects. Uh, so I'm hopefully you would be uh, willing to do that.
2: I'd love to do that because just like during your working career in retirement, it's not the money you have but the money you keep.
1: You bet. Let's remind our listeners how they contact you, access some of your great articles, and uh, learn more about these Social Security uh, and retirement planning uh, articles that you've written and continue to write.
2: You can read my articles at investmentnews.com. Just put my name, Mary Beth Franklin, in the search box and if you mm-hmm. want to download a copy of my ebook for purchase it's slash mbf ebook that's my three initials mbf ebook
1: well said now we've covered a lot of aspects of social security uh, changes and even a little bit of our retirement planning are there some key ones you would like to add or emphasize that uh, we didn't have time for
2: just that, um, make this an informed decision i can't tell people a blanket, what's good? We write for each person. But this is probably the biggest chunk of money you're ever going to see in your life when you look at the value of the lifetime benefit. Just make sure you coordinate it with your other retirement income strategies, and if you need help, get help.
1: Well said, and I, I love your saying I'll be re- reusing it, giving you credit, which is like the lottery, you have to be present to win. That's right. Love it. Really enjoyed having you on, uh, Mary Beth, and look forward to having you back on in the future talking more about retirement planning.
2: Thanks so much, Ron. And for all your listeners, thanks for listening. Bye-bye.
1: All right. Now, if you weren't sure why my April 11th and 411 information number analogy was appropriate, you probably now realize our guest, Mary Beth Franklin, is the person to keep us informed about Social Security, retirement planning, and the tax effects of various distribution strategies now, when I say distribution strategy, I mean our asset distribution kind of during our retirement. Now, I'm sure Social Security would be paying a lot more to retires if the Social Security uh, administration were able to contact her with each question they were stumped on. I uh, wanted to just bring up a point that she touched on, which is back uh, during uh, President uh, Reagan's administration, that was the last major kind of strategic change to Social Security. And it, in essence, a very minor change from taking the full retirement age from 65 to 67, and it's still phasing in. So in hindsight, fairly small changes, very long lead time, You had plenty of time to plan for them, and a very big benefit in delaying the demise of the Social Security Trust Fund. I just hope that Congress uh, and the various administrations, uh, current and future, will take the time to sit down and really hammer out some of these strategic reforms that are needed to keep this system working and alive, rather than just chipping away with it and in the last minute taking away some benefits that people were planning on using. And they really gave very, very little lead time on this from Halloween last year to April um, 29th because of the weekend uh, this year to take advantage of it. So to me, I would rather see a strategic change that we have time to understand, we have time to plan for, uh, and we really do need that. Now, Regardless of your age and where you live, I certainly hope you saw the importance of knowing the filing options available, analyzing the total benefits you're likely to get, and factoring in the tax effects of withdrawing money from other assets, whether post-tax, like your savings account, tax-deferred, like your uh, traditional IRA, or as one of our listeners mentioned, tax-free from a Roth account. Now, if you're wondering why the government doesn't make it easier for you to maximize your benefits and minimize your taxes during retirement, just think about it from their perspective. The more benefits you get, the worse it is for them. And likewise, the less you pay in taxes, the worse it is for them. So you can't count on government agencies to provide you the proper guidance. That's our job at the Wealth DNA radio show, to cover these topics and find some of the best experts available to explain them. And certainly Mary Beth Franklin is the one on Social Security. Or at least point us to the best available resources. Her ebook is a darn good example, and I'll give you that site again. If you're already eligible for Social Security benefits and haven't filed for benefits, then I'd like to share two very important t- tips. Number one. And most important, most urgent, if you or your spouse can take advantage of the file and suspend option, contact the Social Security uh, Administration, make your appointment, or do it online. Do it. Take advantage of that option. And also, the second tip is to get Mary Beth Franklin's book. And let me remind you of the link to that book. It is www.investmentnews.com/mbf. Her initials, Mary Beth Franklin, MBF ebook. We'll add that link to our website right after uh, the show in our, our show posting, our archive posting. For others, I highly recommend reading it several years, maybe even ten years, before you're eligible for Social Security benefits. Get you prepared for these options and looking at them and thinking through them. Now, they could change, as they did for Mary Beth uh, And and her husband, they changed, uh, you know, their ideal strategy went away uh, just before they could take advantage of it. So they could change, but it's better to know those things uh, ahead of time so that you can be coming up with alternative plans as well. My next best advice every English speaking saver and investor around the world tune into the Waltini radio show every second and fourth Monday of the month. Regular listeners know that our objective is to share the fundamentals of investing, provide great ideas for building and protecting your wealth. Our overall mission? Help you and one million people become millionaires. Hopefully you can uh, contrast the recent changes, those cited in President Ronald Reagan's quote from April 1982. The changes in this legislation will allow Social Security to age as gracefully as all of us hope to do for ourselves, without becoming an overwhelming burden on generations still to come. Instead, the change we just saw chips away at a major benefit. Yes, it might help Social Security survive longer, but it sure was done much more haphazardly. Now, if you missed part of today's show, you want to recommend it to some friends. The link of the announcement will take you to the archive version. And of course, you'll also find the full list of past shows there, WealthDNA.us. We'd like to thank our sponsor today, BI Solutions Corp, a residential real estate fund in the Phoenix, Scottsdale area for helping us put together this show. And among other things, they help their investors take advantage of investments that pay enough to postpone filing for Social Security benefits. Again, one of those strategies at Mary Beth Franklin emphasized, the next Wealth DNA radio show, fourth Monday of April, Monday, April 25th, 9 a.m. Arizona time, same place, same time. We'll be talking with Leslie Pappas about 1031 exchanges to delay taxes even more effectively than a traditional IRA. But you say most people have never even heard about 1031 exchanges. How can they be more effective than a traditional IRA? Well, that's exactly why you're a listener and invite your friends and the members of your family, or at least those you like, to listen to. The full lineup of guests and topics is on WealthDNA.us, and you'll find the archive of past shows there, too. If you have some comments or questions about today's shows or others, if you haven't received my email reminding you about this show, just send an email to Ron at WealthDNA.us or follow the Ronald on Facebook or Twitter, and we'll keep you posted about future shows and events. Happy investing and taking advantage of File and Suspend, if you can.
0: You've been listening to Wealth DNA with Ron Naraki on Arizona Boomer Radio. Arizona Boomer Radio is produced by the Boomer and the Babe Incorporated and can be heard Monday through Friday. You can sign up for their online magazine at boomerandthebabe.com. To reach the Boomer and the Babe, email host at boomerandthebabe.com or friend them on facebook.com slash boomerandbabe. And on Blog Talk, you can friend them at blogtalkradio.com slash boomerandbabe follow their tweets at twitter.com slash boomer and babe be sure to make the second half of your life the best half of your life and remember at 50 you're just getting started